Hello everybody and welcome to a brand new episode from Setting the Tone. Today is our Infear special. Stick around because I'll be telling you more about that episode right after the intro. Hello everybody and welcome back to today's episode. It is our Infear special where I have recently had the opportunity to sit down with Ben and Ryan from the band to talk about a host of things. We're only into March and already this band have been hard at work releasing EP after EP. We'll be discussing the reason behind that as well as talk about merchandise cuts and how that isn't yet affecting the band but how it could affect this band and many other bands. Um, Stick around because that interview will be coming right up. But first of all, I'll be playing you a track called In Fear, which is taken from the band's debut album, All Is, All Shall Be, which is out on the 5th of May.
welcome back everyone i hope you enjoyed that track here is our interview with ryan and ben hey man thanks for having us not a problem not a problem uh, everyone welcome to ben and ryan from inferior ben and ryan welcome to setting the tone welcome thanks, thank man. you very thanks much for having us. yeah no not a problem <laughs> not a problem um one of the first things that i've been noticed as i was scurrying around making some notes last minute today was you guys have been very very busy in the year 2023 and we're only like third month in right um, I guess what oh, yes. I'm getting. Uh, I guess what I'm getting at is I've seen a few EPs released. Um, so you've got hopefully I've got these listed correctly. So you've got Pure Sphere, uh, Bleeding White, uh, Rest, and Narrow Gate, which I think is the latest EP that's come out today. Correct me if I'm wrong, fellas. That's all right. Uh, so yeah, Spotify is a bit weird with that. It like shows up as an EP, whereas it's 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 a bit different. So basically, what we've been doing is releasing. Um, been releasing our album but as singles so um we've got like uh a, quite a big album and we've been dropping a new song from the album every couple of weeks so um what we've had the blind and white the purest fire and some of the other ones you mentioned we've just been releasing those like every couple of weeks in the lead up to our album that's coming out in may that's pretty cool would yeah. i be correct in saying that probably the tactic behind that is attention spans in this day and age are not as good as they once used to be and everyone's kind of like wants like 30 seconds or something if it's no good they kind of bin it off is that kind of was that kind of the reason behind that yeah pretty pretty much um i i do agree with the whole attention span thing however i think it's more because we have the option to do that now yeah yeah it was before it'd be like oh well your only option to listen to music is buying the album and then that's the only thing you're going to have to listen to until you buy another one Mm -hmm. uh so you didn't really have a choice but um so it's not entirely to blame for um <laughs> short attention spans <laughs> but i mean it's the Part accessibility it, isn't yeah. isn't helping <laughs> yeah yeah now that was a good way of explaining it because yeah it it's like a part and part thing like some of it's down to uh the accessibility of music nowadays and you know like you take some of the mainstream artists they release their albums in interesting and wonderful ways don't they <laughs> But yeah. um, like I remember Drake did a playlist one year. So his album oh, was yeah. a playlist. I don't know if you remember that. This was years ago. But um, but yeah, I don't know. We we just wanted to try and push the boat out and do something uh, different. Although I know some bands have done this before. We're not the first. But we just wanted to try something new with the release. And I think um, I think because we've got, we had quite a lot of material um, for the album. There was a lot of songs on the album. We were like, why don't we try this and see if it helps grow our platform um and get people talking about us really no that so so far it has yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah no that's fine one like one of the things i picked up off listening to a little bit of the EPs is that they don't sound out of place and hence why they don't sound out of place because they are technically from the same body of work which is yes. really really good um no thank you mate no not a problem i'm i need to keep digging in because if i said i've listened to every one of them i'd be lying to you but uh, i'm liking what i'm hearing so far Really oh, good do you have a favorite is there one that stands out to you not at the minute um just purely because i haven't digged into it that deep i like i'd be absolutely lying to you and i don't like lying it's not fair no <laughs> that's that's fair <laughs> um as a new band coming through is there anything that you can do to prepare yourself for like the pitfalls of the industry like in terms of making the right moves whether that be align yourselves with the right pr management because i've kind of said this to a lot of people being in a band and wanting to be in a band is like every boy's dream of what, what, like being a football player. Like everyone wants to do it, but very few actually get there. 
and mm. it's similar to bands there's so many bands that are trying whether it be battle of the bands or um grassroots radio shows etc um to get there so just and you know for you fellows if there's anything you've done in terms of making the right moves that's kind of helped you on this journey oh um, yeah good question Go on, man. yeah oh i was just gonna say um coming coming from like uh the idea that you don't have any contact if you're if you're like us and you're coming from the southwest of england nothing's really down here uh, you've got no contact it's about how perceptive you are of other bands like if you if you like a band that's doing well in the the, the city or something like that you have a look see who their see who their agent is see who their booking agent is mm. Like, see what moves they're making and learn that way. Because without anybody there to tell you, without any friends already in the music industry, you can't really be prepared for, for the pitfalls. Which, like you said, there are a lot of them. There are a damn sight. There, there are an absolute ton of people that people uh, that the bands might settle with that aren't going to do anything for their band, like a bad booking agent or something like that. It's, it's gonna just gonna get you things that you could get on your own, but charge you money for it. Um, <clears throat> so I guess yeah, search for before doing anything, search for the best of that area and try to achieve that. For example, like a producer, um, look at who produces your favorite music. A lot of producers offer, um, you know, remote where they can mix your stuff it might cost a bit more but you know you're going to get the best product team or you know photographers check out all the photographers area find out who's really good who's making well who's taking extremely good photos just inform yourself as much as you can along the journey information is never a bad thing in this industry i think like where the pitfalls thing is concerned i think you know we've definitely learned some lessons on smaller journeys um certainly around like uh you know types of people that we perhaps work with maybe we'll figure out what type of person we work best with and you know maybe we'll work best with people that understand what we're doing creatively over like perhaps some of the business elements um so there's things like that that we've learned along the way but i think realistically it's going to be one of those things we're still going to find and no doubt hit and fall in some pitfalls along the way and you've kind of got to just ride it out as a band and learn from it um and make sure that whatever you do next you've considered and learned from the lessons and you don't make the same mistakes twice that's kind of what people can hope for in a band yeah i I think that yeah i think that's absolutely solid advice i I appreciate 2000 trees is not necessarily on the doorstep of bristol um (laughs) but i believe Cheltenham and bristol are pretty close how yeah how how much has that kind of really helped uh bands that are emerging because obviously you've got your big boys and girls that get booked which is absolutely fine and it gives the people an opportunity to probably around the surrounding areas to come and see what's going on and like you say make those contacts that you were suggesting there yeah um i think there are a lot of good bands uh a lot of good bands that have played trees and are playing trees like this year um it's a really cool festival uh i went in oh what year was it 2019 yeah i think it was 2019 um, I think yeah, so, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely great lineup, great festival, really well organized. Um, I think it's probably on track to end up being one of the big ones in 
like you know not soon but i mean in maybe 10 years 10 years time i could see it being a a really big one and bringing a lot of people down this way i've not been to it personally so it's hard for me to comment but ben's certainly better place to talk about it i think in terms of influence on the scene um again i think it's quite hard to say but it's certainly going to have an impact and ultimately it's going to bring it's going to bring uh a lot of uh, enthusiasm from up and coming and new bands to try and get on a stage like that perhaps one that's closer to their doorstep you know so I think there's definitely going to be some influence on the scene from that to an extent um, but yeah no Ben's been before and he said good things to me so I'd love to go oh. at some point <laughs> maybe this is the year maybe you never know yeah yeah <laughs> uh, speaking of one of the big things that's come out recently I, I just wanted to get your opinion actually I thought about it the other day um, I don't know if you saw the news about Gorgira and their merchandise pricing, which was absolutely oh, yeah. through the roof. Um, was that not was that not monuments? Both of mon- them oh, about. both of them yeah. was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw the monuments one. Whereas mm. I've seen the Gorgia one. <laughs> so was, uh, but in a nutshell, the, the reason why it's so high is venues are taking what I think like twenty five percent now. Yeah, I think the the biggest fear for this in general is I liken the music industry to a food chain. It's hard enough when it's affecting people like Gorgia and those established bands, but when it's starting to trickle down to the likes of yourselves and anyone else, those costs naturally get passed on. And I think the mm. risk that we're going to see is that it's eighty, maybe eighty quid for Gorgia, but what is it going to cost that cost in the smaller bands out there to produce merchandise yeah, yeah. and sell? And is it almost going to be a turn off to people not wanting to support because it's like shit? It's twenty quid a t-shirt as opposed mm. to maybe it was like 15 quid five years ago. I get inflation. I get all of that started, but it's just a, I don't know. Again, I appreciate it's not the band's fault. It's promoters and venues potentially being very, very greedy more so than they need. I don't know if well, there's any way around that. I mm. I mean, there are ways. I Obviously, I don't know a way around it without seeing the contract they have to sign. Yeah. Because, um, you know, the obvious one would just be, oh, we'll sell it out of your van outside of the venue. And then you're not in the venue, so you don't have to pay the price. But uh, I imagine that's there's, they're contracted saying they can't do that. Um, but saying that, um, Monuments actually explained it really well. They did a follow-up post today, basically saying they refused to sell merch outright at the show that they, that they were going to get a cut taken out of. Um, and they said, instead, go over to our shop after the show like go over to our website and order something there because their option at the minute is either um like price gouge put your prices through the roof and make Mm. the consumer pay the uh you know the the fee on top so they don't lose any money or charge the same price and have it taken out of their cut which like you say it's expensive to print anyway bands make nothing on tour you don't want to be taking out of that. So I think they actually had a very sensible response in saying like, we respect our fans too much and we also don't want to lose money. So we're just going to outright not sell merch on this, uh, on this show. Um, yeah. I which liked the way they really handled that to be fair. Yeah. yeah. It was cool. And um, yeah, it's, it's a hard one. Like Ben said, cause you don't know what contracts the bands are signing or like what, not necessarily even signing, but perhaps that they've they felt forced to sign or forced to be involved with that particular agreement because it's not always a contract necessarily. But I think for us, we've not experienced that yet um, at our level, and that's largely 
down to like the types of venues that we're playing and shows because we you know we've we're yet to play outside of the uk at the moment so the venues we play in the uk like we've rarely had problems here in terms of stuff like that but i'm not saying it doesn't happen at the bigger gigs because it clearly does from what we've seen and um from from a musician point of view and from my point of view it's clearly pretty concerning that that's happening um and i'm glad that people are standing up and trying to make a change because it's pretty worrying <laughs> Um, cause then there's just nothing left for the artist at that point. You know, yeah. we all put our heart and soul into this. And, uh, I know that art is always a difficult, uh, career, but at the same time, you know, th- there's gotta be something in it. Otherwise, you know, what, why do we do it? I, I fully agree. Like I, I'm not a musician myself. I, I have a nine to five office job. And if my employee was, uh, sorry, employer was starting to take a cut out of my wages, this goes for anyone that's doing a, a, a job other than being in a band. You wouldn't go to work. You'd say no, no. Like you wouldn't. So I fully agree. I'm I'm on fully on side of it. If you love your music, then it's hard not to be on side of it personally and wanting to kind yeah. of stick it. Something interesting I saw on this was um, a guy called Philo Valle from a band called, who used to be in a band called Him. He has mm. started to sell his merchandise for his upcoming tour on his website, which I'm sure they will probably still available on on the shows as well. But I think maybe that's a good way around it. Like monuments have done is to start selling the merchandise before shows and people can rock up with their t-shirts or hoodies, or whatever. And there's no yeah. direct cuts. Maybe that yeah, is the way forward. Is, yeah. It is an absolutely great way of doing it. That is, um, you know, if and 20, 21 listening, that's thinking of going to shows and buying merch, maybe just do that instead. Order something online. The band will get a bigger cut from it. You know, assuming it's a, bigger band you're going to watch um yeah and it just helps I, I to be honest i think it just helps the music industry a lot more than giving it to a venue yeah well from what what we've seen anyway because yeah. obviously um i it just seems ridiculous to me especially what they're take the cut that they're taking on some of these bands that are barely getting anything <laughs> for playing you know, once you take all of that, once you factor all of that in, then the, they've got a tour, you know, and they've got to pay for all their um, staff and the fuel and the van and everything that's involved yeah. in that, feeding themselves, everything. And plus they've probably still got rent to pay at home while they're away. You know, they've everyone's got to live. So once you take the cuts out, there's just nothing left really. And that's what makes it wrong in my opinion. Yeah, like don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we're going to start like a revolution against the small venues because, like you said, it's not necessarily small venues. I'm talking about your, your your O2 academies, and with all due respect to them, without one I'm slagging them off. They're backed by AMG groups and Live Nation predominantly. So I'm not saying they can afford to take hits, but they can certainly afford to operate a lot better than a smaller venue per se. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I um, agree. No, fa- thanks, fellas. Thanks for your insight. I just really, it's a really big and important topic because i'm sick and tired of seeing i guess fat cats get fatter so to speak and that's what's been the way but (laughs) yeah yeah. it it just feels like another thing they're doing um aside from that something really positive that i've seen i've i noted um from the press release um from you the rats sent over to me that you guys have had some really strong support from stuff like alexic homecom um primal radio um beefs introducing how important has that been for yourselves? And I realise it's really important for a lot of bands out there to have that kind of platform to hit, be heard and seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely. I mean, it's been huge for us because, um, you know, the amount of support we've had for this release has been far beyond what we've had previously. And 
like some of those publications like you know you mentioned the bbc primordial radio we had uh kerrang radio as well and mm. a few others and it's just been incredible like i remember when abyss dropped uh which was the first single that we released and we got um we got some really amazing publications talking about us at that point and it was just absolutely mind-blowing i still find it hard to believe at this point but honestly it's been huge for us because going back to what maybe advice that we'd give to other bands i think these things build up part of like your band's cv almost so when you go out there and it's like okay what's this band about i haven't heard of them if these um publications have said good things about you then that gives you more weight for people to check you out you know it gives it more interest so i think it's really important um to get that at at an early stage in the band and to push for it and we've just been really lucky to to have such amazing support really so yeah for me i think it's really important and um and i couldn't be more grateful honestly it's been been amazing so far no it's really good to hear unfortunately it's such a saturated market there's so many bands that either sound like another band or have taken ideas so it's good that you like say you've got that back into really push you on how have you found kind of like promoting the band over the recent years because we're just coming out of this pandemic thing or still in it whatever <laughs> situation you want to class it as how's that been in terms of getting to gigs and coming together to write and record well uh that was I, that, that was quite a fun one promoting ourselves i actually think we did quite a good job of over lockdown because we jumped on um, like setting up a full live stream and everything and, and hosting streams from our channels and just like having hangout sessions with people that were stuck like at home with nothing to do. We jumped mm. on that really quickly and we did it for how quickly we learned it. I'd say we did it pretty well. Um, so that side of things I want, we weren't too worried about. We also dropped like two singles in that time and, did various playthrough videos, kept as busy as we could. Um, but getting back to shows, that was oh, that was that just took some getting used to again. So we haven't played in like a year, a year and a half or something mm. like that. Was it about a year and a half before we went out on tour, Ryan? Yeah, we uh, the first tour was <laughs> the end of 2021. So yes, it was that like was it. quite a while uh, to be out of the out of the touring circuit at that point. <laughs> it felt really alien. I remember it so well. It just felt super weird being <laughs> back out and playing gigs. So yeah, um, it was fun though. It was fun. It, it was, was very reassuring. Like, yeah, it was. That, yeah, it, it, it sure really was. Doubt. Oh, sorry, man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Zoom right. lag. Um, no it was reassuring because um i feel like and i suppose a lot of musicians will probably relate to this over covid you just got so demotivated you're like is there like is there any point in doing this anymore like you know because nothing was happening and it didn't seem like anything was going to be happening for a while but going back and doing that first tour again just sort of reassured yourself like yeah, I do still enjoy this. I do really love doing this. And um it's worth it's worth continuing. Yeah, that's a good point actually, because I don't know if um you noticed it, but loads of bands like quit quit, didn't they, over COVID? And like people yeah. left and they just packed it in. And I think a lot of that is to do with the fact that some of them were just away from their families for really long periods of time, you know, touring. 
and they just didn't get to spend the time with their loved ones that they perhaps did. And I think some of them, it was a bit of a reality check as soon as they actually got two years nearly with their families. There's way more time than perhaps they'd ever had before. And maybe that time as well, away from music itself, was a bit of self-reflection for some people and they felt they couldn't do it anymore, which is a real shame. Um, but, you know, we had similar doubts during that time. Um, we were all worried about the future for music and it wasn't just wasn't just us i'm sure i think it was a lot of bands in that similar position where they didn't know if they when they got back they'd enjoy touring anymore like ben said you know whether you think you would still love it the way that you did before covid um but i think for us like we came back uh from you know post covid we got back to touring and we met some incredible people in those first couple of tours like we met um where ocean burn and you know made really good friends with those guys and they were super sick and then not long after that the following year it was with creek who are like we absolutely love now and like get on with super well and you know i i absolutely love their music so we met some really cool people in a short space of time then i think and we were very fortunate that i think that reignited a bit of the passion at the time and yeah i fell in love with it again at that point definitely what's the other one we did another one as well didn't we yeah, it was oh, a dream meter ma- and yeah, dream meter yeah, and imagine. imagine as well. Yeah, that was a great tour too. That was great. And like, yeah, dream meter are awesome, and and so are the guys imagine. So yeah, it was really cool. It's it's really interesting that you've touched on the points about passion and the will because I appreciate that for so many bands when starting off, it's never fun pre-COVID anyway, let alone now, going <laughs> from one end of the country to the other to play for like ten people and maybe or maybe not selling a t-shirt, let alone not you oh. know, it, barely, it barely covers the petrol so i get that whole oh okay so covid's happened we've got two years to kind of i don't know rethink what we're doing and you kind of think is it worth the hassle to do that anymore so i get that that the passion could sort of drop out and it's great that you boys went, went well no we've still got it well we were quite we were quite fortunate in that sense because i mean don't get me wrong we've played dead tours pre-covid we've we've had a lot of uh well not not a lot a lot but we've had some absolutely dead shows but luckily i think since covid we haven't had i'd go as far as to say as we haven't had a bad show since no they've they've been incredible post-covid yeah and i i don't i know that some people have said the music scene's like reignited since covid and i do actually believe that but I do, you know, you wonder whether you're lucky or not. You know, it's hard to say, but I do think some of it is just down to, I think there's been some uh, gravity towards live shows again from people wanting to go because they were so deprived of that for so long, <laughs> you know? So, but you're right. I don't think we've had a bad show at all since we came back. The shows have been incredible and like, you know, compared to pre-COVID, they're so much better, I think, yeah. um, other than a few things. But yeah, they're so much better in that sense. I, I would agree with that. I think one of the things that I picked up on over the pandemic times was um, th- there's been some solid releases, absolutely amazing releases. And I think people have had a first for gigs again by being locked up for two years and being let loose. Um, so that's been good in that sense. Um, just some quick fire questions to close out the show. Um, what's next for you guys, firstly, which is probably the most important thing because you've got this wonderful album on the way in May. What, what can we expect? A lot more songs. <laughs> <laughs> a lot, a lot yeah. more. Uh, I'll say this much. I mean, right now, I don't know when this is going to be released, but as of actually today when we're recording it, um, we just dropped our track All Is, and that marks the halfway point of our album. So 
you've got, like I said, a lot more tracks to come. Um, we've just been announced for Burn It Down Festival this year, which is in, awesome. um, which is in Torquay. Um, love that place. Uh, that's going to be very fun. Uh, and there's a couple things that I don't know if they'll be announced by the time this comes out. Yeah. So I'm not going to say them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we got, we got a few things in the pipeline that we probably can't announce right now, but burn it down's cool. We're very, very stoked to be able to play that festival because, um, but both Ben and I have been a couple of times and it's an awesome festival. Um, and considering like, you know, the, the way it's run and set up, I think it's just like a really good up and coming sort of setup that they've got going on there. And the bands that they have on are just awesome. And this year's lineup, I'm just so stoked to be a part of. You know, they've got Loathe yeah. and Heart of a Coward and Dream State and various other bands. So, yeah, it's really cool. Um, Harriet as well, I think. And, and they're a co- very cool band that we've been uh, jamming out to recently. So, honestly, I can't wait for that. But like Ben said, mostly it's um, new music uh, coming out for us. We're halfway through the album release um, cycle at the moment. So plenty more to come in terms of music for people to check out and deep dive and whatnot. So loads more content for people. Awesome. Um, who would you like to record a record with and why? Oh, that's a good question. Any thoughts, I... Ben? <laughs> no, we're not. I'm not allowed to say anyone other than George Lever. <laughs> you're contracted no, no 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 I'm, I'm joking i honestly uh personally i'd rather i wouldn't want to record with anyone else other than george i think he's basically the sixth member of the band he's a he's been like a well with us since day one on this so i'm more than happy to stay with him to be honest <laughs> yeah yeah george george is um quite close to the band in terms of like like Ben said, he's sort of like the sixth member in terms of the creative vision and how much effort and time and care he puts into what we do. Um, but I think for me, like if it was absolute dream, it would either be George and continue working with him because I do feel like we've kind of won in that sense. Like <laughs> We're very lucky to be able to work with him. I think he's fantastic. And then the only other person that I absolutely love their production and I love to work with would be Will Putney, who did um, like North Lane, Heart of a Coward and that kind of thing. Not Mate, really... George, George will actually fight you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be like, mm. <laughs> oh, funny. I am, I am yeah. not responsible for the outcome of that just because of that question. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you're actually fine, dude. Oh, pretty funny. My, George, my legal... George loves Will Putney, so I know that much. So we're all good. <laughs> awesome. Um, what what makes music? Oh, this is really cheesy to say, but it's kind of kind of quite cool actually. What makes music so special for each of you guys individually? That was a good question. I like that question. It's really um, cheesy, but so I can't answer it. <laughs> <laughs> um i fell in love with music at quite a young age as like as most avid music fans and musicians do um i was inspired to play heavy music because my brother introduced me to some of it and at the time i was learning guitar um and yeah the heavy music sort of stood out to me because of the fact that the guitars were so prominent in comparison to like pop music and stuff so i was instantly hooked by like how amazing the players were in metal and like how good they were at their instrument and you know all of the complexities involved in the music and stuff 
and then all the screaming and that came after so but for me the passion came from like it really was just like a family thing like my brother introducing me to it and there was a bond there between me and him around this music and then there was a drive for me to get better at my instrument and it just like pushed me forward so for me it's got like this huge nostalgia around it and like I just it's just like it feels like part of me you know I can't really explain it it just feels like it's who I am and I can't let that go like no matter what happens so it's always going to be probably the most special thing to me personally and I just care so much about it honestly cool oh as my turn (laughs) (laughs) to be honest I just uh because my my story isn't really far off when you break it down to bullet points it's not far off what Ryan's is my uh, my brother introduced me into heavy music when I was like four or five something like that used to give me little like mixed CDs and stuff of like mm-hmm. Slipknot, Corn, and all this and I'd absolutely love it but the thing that really um the, the thing that really like means a lot to me in music today and for the last maybe five ten years has been the way that it can just not so much change your mood, but how it can make you feel exactly what they want you to feel. Mm-hmm. Like you, yeah. you ever like just thinking about that, you hear a sound and suddenly really you know exactly point. how that person was feeling or wanted you to feel like. And I think that is the most like powerful thing. It's one of the most powerful things you can, you can do. Is Mate, just that's like, such a cool way yeah. of explaining it. I love that. Yeah. I'm so jealous that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, Ben. Awesome. Yeah, so that's why I've always enjoyed like um more atmospheric and like theatrical bands and things like that. So something that's not quite as like cookie cutter. Um yeah, just if, if it can make me feel what they're trying to achieve, then chances are I'll love it. <laughs> yeah i'd say i'm the same to be fair and i certainly discovered that more in recent years because i think some of the more uh sort of textbook bands i used to really enjoy because i just loved the guitars or whatever it was going to be but over time i've sort of leaned more towards music that makes me feel something so whether it's like you know an emotion that i can connect to that's normally what drives me towards a song over like how how cool this guitar part is or how awesome the vocal is or whatever. It's just more about does the song like make me feel what they wanted me to feel or how, you know, or whatever. So, yeah, oh, that's cool. I, I like that, Ben. That's good. That's really, I'll give really myself a little pat on the back. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's, it's all got real and emotional. It has. It has. Make it stop. <laughs> All right, I'll make it stop. Boys, I, I wish you all the very best for the release of the album. Um, just very quickly before we run out of time, what's what one track would you say that people need to hear off this album? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I'd say the blind and white. Um yeah. we were big fans of that when uh, when we were writing and going through the recording process. That would be my pick. What's your pick, Ben? It's unreleased, trace my skin. It's very nice. good. Yeah. <laughs> Watch awesome. out for that one when it's when it comes yeah. out because that one's very cool. I agree. I think that one's very very cool. More the reason for people to go and get that album when it comes out on May the what's the release? May the fifth. May the fifth. Fifth. Yeah. Fifth of yeah, May. Awesome. May the fifth. Everyone go and check out in Fear's latest album. May the fifth. All the best. All the very best. Have a pleasant time, and I wish everything goes well for Burn It Down and the rest of the year.
thank you, you mate. thanks for having us really really yeah, appreciate massive it. thanks no not a problem thank you for your time hello everybody i hope you've enjoyed today's infear special i want to give a massive shout out to ryan and ben for their time and also james at year of the rap records for you know helping set this one up and also to you guys and girls out there for tuning in yet again to another episode from setting the tone it means the absolute world that you're tuning in to hear what i have to bring to you um until the next time bye bye for now but before i go just want to leave you with this if there's anything that you'd like to come on to the show to talk about in terms of you have a release or you're a new band or a show please feel free to email stt outlook.com or feel free to reach out through facebook or instagram the handle for setting times facebook is setting tone uk podcast you will find all the links to infears um socials as well as a pre-order link for the album which is out on the 5th of may which is all is all shall be um simply i'll try my very best to accommodate um but please do feel free to reach out and we'll see what we can do until the next time bye bye for now and once again a massive thank you for tuning in to today's episode take care Thank you.